Welcome to a Euro 2016 edition of the Planet Football Podcast. I am SI.com soccer editor Avi Creditor, joined today by SI.com's Ben Littleton and a two-time European Championship roster member of Switzerland and a three-time World Cup roster member uh, and part of the first place Philadelphia Union, Tranquilo Barnetta. Tranquilo, thank you so much for joining us. Sure. Hello. <laughs> Uh, the uh, the Euro 2016 field is down to eight teams. The quarterfinals are set. It'll be Poland against Portugal, Wales against Belgium, Germany against Italy, and France against Iceland. Uh, Iceland, of course, is, has become the story of this tournament. Um, but first, Tranquil, I want to I want to start with Switzerland. Um, condolences on on their uh, on their ouster. A tough way to go and penalties. Uh, what did you think of of their showing overall, and of course that goal by Shakiri that had the world talking? Yeah, I think they did their best performance against uh, Poland, and uh, usually that's how you have to play. Like uh, in a tournament like the the Euros, um, they started a little bit quiet, but every game they uh, played better, and uh, yeah. Unfortunately, they couldn't score in the in the second uh, half or after the 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 great goal from from Shakiri. I think that um, maybe the best goal of the year so far. Uh, it was amazing, and uh, then they made a lot of pressure for the second goal, also in the overtime. But unfortunately, came to the uh, yeah PKs, and there it's always fifty fifty, and uh, yeah, it was a tough loss uh, loss for us. Yeah, always a tough way to go out on on PKs. You can just ask Argentina, who just uh, suffered that same fate in the Copa America final okay. here. <laughs> yeah, um, let's let's bring in Ben now. And Ben, I, I want to talk about England with you um, because England's loss to Iceland is has has everybody talking. Um, you know, it, the the fact that England's out in the round of sixteen, but the fact that it happened to Iceland of all of all teams. Uh, what's what's the reaction over there, Ben? Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. Well, obviously, there's a lot of anger and frustration at England's performance. But when you look at actually what happened on the pitch, there are no complaints that the best side actually went through and deserved to win. And I think what we saw in the England game and, in fact, the Italy game earlier in the day is that the team that is coached well has a game plan, has a clear strategy and executes it will normally go through. And Italy did that perfectly against Spain. And Iceland, you have to say, did it against England. And this is the big problem with England at the moment, is they have the players, but they just did not seem to have the strategy. And if they had a strategy, it was to get the ball wide to Raheem Sterling, who's got pace, who can threaten the full-backs, which was seen as the Iceland weak link. And that happened for the first three minutes of the game. And they won a penalty, which was scored. And as soon as England scored the penalty, I think they felt it was job done. And the old complacency, some might say arrogance, set in. And as soon as Iceland equalised, which was a minute later, England just seemed to have no response. They forgot about the game plan. There was no composure. There was no leadership on the pitch. You had players who had been playing brilliantly all season, like Deli Alley. Harry Kane, even Eric Dye, but they're playing in different positions in this system. Harry Kane is playing as a forward, but in a 4-3-3, not in a 4-2-3-1. The same with Deli Alley. His link-up with Harry Kane just didn't work in this tournament because he was playing in a different system. And in terms of the changes that Roy Hodgson made, 
I mean, he was seen as this risk-taking gambler when he brought on two substitutes to turn the result against Wales. And the one player who actually made an impact from the bench against Iceland was Marcus Rashford, but he only played six minutes. Now, if he'd have come on for 20 minutes, it might have been a different story. England might have fluked an undeserved equaliser. But Roy, Roy Hodgson gave a, a very tense and quite angry press conference on Tuesday afternoon. And he said, I just did not see this result coming. I, it came out of nowhere. But to the rest of us who saw England fail to beat Russia, probably one of the worst teams in the tournament, fail to beat Slovakia and only beat Wales with a last minute goal, I can't see how it's a shock to him. I just cannot see it. So it's it's a very strange, frustrating, yet familiar feeling as England once again get knocked out of a competition very early. Yeah, and I think when the draw gave them Iceland, you know, that's probably the best case scenario from a, a competitive standpoint, but you can't match the just the, the way that Iceland's playing and the heart and the fact that they every neutral, you know, has to be in their corner at, at this point. Tranquilo... I'm curious what you think about Iceland as as a whole and, and what they've been able to accomplish, and also uh, England, a team you've you've scored against in the past. Um, what what you saw from them? Yeah, like you said, I I think uh, England played a bad tournament. I mean, they don't they haven't a, a good game, and that's that's not enough. And uh, actually, we played uh, Iceland in the uh, World Cup qualifier like um, four years ago and uh, they already played really well that, then so uh, for me it's not too big surprise of course that they um, they pass against uh, England it's, it's a big surprise but they have uh, good quality and they, they play a very good tournament and then you see if you are if you have like a good rush you have a good team spirit everything can happen and uh, they deserve it yeah, absolutely, no doubt about it. And now, of course, they get the host nation France, uh, who has not really overwhelmed any opponent. They've, you know, they were trailing to Ireland in the round of sixteen and needed some goals from Antoine Griezmann to come back into the game. They've scored late. They haven't. Uh, I don't think you can say that they've dominated any game. Uh, ben is is France ripe for the picking here? Is is Iceland a, a semifinal possibility? Well, I, I think France are big favourites, and we've often spoken about how a coach can stumble upon his preferred team in the middle of a tournament. And I think at halftime, he made a really big change um, if, against, against Ireland by pushing Griezmann into the middle, bringing Coman on for Kante. So you had Pogba and Matuidi as the holding two, and then you had a three and a one with uh, Giroud and then Gignac as the one. But Griezmann in the middle... He's a very, very different player to Griezmann out wide. And if you have Coman out wide, who's fast and takes players on, Griezmann in the middle is one of the best players in the world. And all the fuss about Pogba in this tournament, not helped by the player himself, giving interviews before the tournament saying, I want to become a legend. This is my moment. Griezmann just very quietly gets on with his business. But he's the guy that came off the bench against Albania and scored a headed goal. And then he's the guy that changed position against Ireland, scored a headed goal to get them back into it. And it's significant that he's scoring with his head because this is a player who was rejected by five clubs in France for being too small. So, you know, they're going to look at their academies and, and think about how they identify talent in the future. But more than Pogba, Griezmann is the guy. And I think Iceland might find 
the challenge of Griezmann and Coman slightly tougher than the challenge of Sterling and Kane. Naturally, for sure. And and also, they're going to be going up against a, a home crowd as well. They haven't had to really deal with uh, you know the the adversity of of facing a hostile crowd. The the Iceland fans have been spectacular during this entire competition, and the scenes you see uh, from Iceland itself, um, you know the watch parties and and the videos that people are sharing from there. Uh, it's really really inspirational stuff. Um, before we move on to to the rest of the quarterfinal games, Ben, I want to go back to England real quick. Roy Hodgson is out as manager. Um, there have been. Uh, Articles written that they should pursue Jurgen Klinsmann as manager. And and to that, the reaction over here has been, oh, <laughs> why? Yes, please, I think is the reaction that I'm getting the impression of. Um, and and look, Klinsmann has had some some okay results with the U.S. and, and knockout, um, you know, knockout competitions, just made the semifinals of Copa America, made it to the, the knockout stage of the World Cup. But but on the whole, I feel like there's a, a massive feeling of just an incomplete job here. And I'm wondering if you think that he should be in contention for this, this manager job in, in England. Well, I think the other body of work that you need to consider with Klinsmann is Germany. And so many of the players that he introduced to the squad in 2006, Podolski, Mertesacker, Philip Lamb, who were very young then, became world champions eight years later. So looking long-term, Klinsman is a guy that is seen at least to develop youth players, pick him in early, put him in early and give them a chance to win trophies later in their careers. Now with England, it's slightly different because the options are so few. They're just so limited. There are only three English coaches in, in the 20 teams in the Premier League. There are some British coaches, the chief executive of the FA today said he would be willing to appoint a non-Englishman. But then you're getting into another debate of should the national team be coached by someone who is not of that nationality? Now, with smaller nations, it's not really seen as an issue because certain teams, you know, will bet will benefit from the expertise of an outsider but england is seen as a major football nation even though its results in the last 50 years of tournaments might suggest otherwise but what england normally do and what they're very good at doing is appointing the opposite of what they've just had and this goes back years and years so they had kevin keegan who was seen as a motivator and a shouter and that didn't work so they appointed svenja and erickson who was seen as calm and foreign and cosmopolitan, that didn't work. So they went for an Englishman who was Steve McLaren. That didn't work. So they went for, and he was seen as too, too um, soft on the players. So that didn't work. So they went for an Italian who was hard on the players, Capello. That didn't work. So they went for another Englishman who was softer on the players, Hodgson. And so we just keep on going backwards and forwards without any kind of long-term plan, long-term thinking. Roy Hodgson said today he's left the team in better shape than when he found it. And I can see why he says that, because there is a young squad and, and the beginnings of a group of players that are certainly talented. But it's anyone's guess who really will, will take over, because there's no one obvious, certainly from the English pool of Gareth Southgate, um, Glenn Hoddle, Gary Neville. These guys are just not, not up to it, I think, at the moment. And one guy who I think might be up for it, in fact, the two guys who I think would be excellent, but they're both in jobs. One is Brendan Rodgers, 
who has had his critics, but I actually think would be suited to the to the coaching element of being in charge of a national team. Uh, but he's taken a job at Celtic, which actually surprised me. And the other guy is Rafa Benitez, who we've spoken a lot about on the pod, but I think would be also ideally suited to coaching in knockout games because here is a guy who's a knockout specialist. He's a fantastic coach when it comes to knockout competitions. He's locked in at Newcastle. I don't think those two guys are going to be considered by by the FA. Instead, they will probably make an approach for Arsene Wenger, which would get rejected and end up with Gareth Southgate. <laughs> it's it's like you've seen this uh, this play uh, play out before. <laughs> Interesting times ahead. Tranquilo, I'm curious on your thoughts on England as a whole, as, uh, as, as someone who has played against them in the past and obviously watched watched them for years. Do you, do you think that anyone fears England in in the European landscape? I mean, the, the, pro- the problem I see is they always have, like, really, really good players. Like, if you watch every single player, they, they must come to the semifinal also at this year's, but they never can show it on the pitch that they are really a team, that they go the same way, and that's I think that's the, the hardest problem. You can see if, if the team goes the same way, then it's not the matter how good every single player is, then you can be better than every team. And uh, that's what we did a couple of times against England, because if you saw like our squad and their squad, we should lost for sure. But uh, we had the chance to beat them because we all uh, played on the same page. And uh, I think that's the most important thing, what they have to do when they find a new coach, that they really have a philosophy to to go the same way. Yeah, you definitely saw a team that um, that just kind of looked out of you know, the cohesion wasn't always there um, in in this tournament. And some of the play was was good. They had good possession play, um, you know, at times and and dominated possession in, in some games. But um, but just the overall product, something uh, like you said, Tranquilo, something something was off. Um, want to want to look ahead at at some of these quarterfinal matchups and and tranquilo I'll start with you with with Poland and Portugal Poland you obviously saw um oust Switzerland in in penalties and Portugal of of course has has the great Cristiano Ronaldo um and and Portugal is also coming off just one of the most mind-numbing experiences of of a game ever that that knockout game against Croatia there was so much hope for that game, so much talent on the field, and it just fizzled. It was so poor. Um, did you get a chance to to watch that game? I'm curious on on your thoughts on on both of these teams, on Poland and Portugal. Uh, unfortunately, I just saw um, Switzerland game uh, and just the highlights of the Portugal game, and that was really short. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, um, I think the. The Poland played really well in the beginning. Like if they are um, strong and not tired, they they can be really good with with Kuba on the one side with Lewandowski, and he didn't show all his talent so far. So he can make the difference in in one game. And then Portugal, you always have to be alert of of uh, Ronaldo. If he has a great day. They can do. I mean, he can beat be a team by himself, like um, we saw in the last uh, game in in, in the, the group. So um, I think it will be a, a good game, um, and it's hard to say who who will pass. But um, maybe there is um, from the names, Portugal is is favorite. But uh, how the uh, tournament 
uh, went so far, I I don't see them as a as a favorite. So it will be a, a tough game for for both teams. Yeah, I think it's it's a really intriguing matchup, and obviously two of the best individual players, like you said, and, and Lewandowski and, and Ronaldo. Ben, you think that, and you've written this on on Planet Football uh, that that the the path to the final is is there for Portugal. They might not be deserving of it. They haven't really played all that great, but but Ronaldo might not get a better chance at a major final. Absolutely, and there's something to be said for the fact that they have been winning ugly. And I, and I think, um, you know, they haven't, even won, they haven't even won a game in 90 minutes yet. And they finished third in their group. And they have a clear run, as you say, to, you know, to the semis. But Poland are tough. They really are. They've only conceded one goal, that, that fantastic strike by Shakiri. And so I think they'll be hard to break down. But I do fancy Portugal at the moment. I think they're building ahead of steam. And with Ronaldo capable of doing something, um, I think they will get through and, yeah, the other the other quarterfinal in that side of the draw is actually much harder for me to call because there are moments when I think, oh, Belgium really look like the team we've all been talking about for the last three or four years. And there are other times where they just look like total strangers. And that was encapsulated actually in the second half against Hungary when for the first 20 minutes, Hungary were all over them. And defensively, Belgium were terrible. And I really loved the way Hungary played in this tournament they were really attacking they were very open and Eden Hazard will thank them for that because he had the whole run of the pitch against them but they also created chances but did not put them away and there were times where Belgium were 1-0 up and Hungary missed about four or five opportunities which against a better side and Wales you could say are a better side they would get punished and so I think Belgium are extremely vulnerable at the back and Wales have an enormous opportunity to make even more history for themselves because what they've already done has been quite sensational. Yeah, absolutely. Back in the in the quarterfinals uh, of a major tournament for the first time since 1958, a uh, very long time coming for Wales. Uh, Tranquilo, do you think that that Belgium is the kind of of team that um, that almost suits? Wales as an opponent, you know, they looked a little uncomfortable trying to carry the game against Northern Ireland, but for a team that is organized and, and defends well, and, and, and Gareth Bale has one of the most lethal players out there, um, you know, on a counterattack or, or on a set piece, do you think that it actually sets up kind of okay for Wales? Uh, yeah, I think so, because they, Magic wasn't that strong in the, in the, in the first uh, um, three games. I mean, they beat... Um, Turkey, but it, that's not the, um, for me, not a really big team. So um, I think Wave have a great opportunity, even if um, if you look the the lineup of um, of Belgium, that's amazing. I mean, you have only stars on the on the pitch, and the Wales has maybe like three, four big players, and the other they do everything with the team, and the, and uh, Bale can do the, the difference. So. Um, I think it's 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 possible that um, yeah everybody is talking about Belgium and uh, their lineup and their spot, but I think uh, Wales had a, a big opportunity there. It is crazy to think that one of the four of Poland, Portugal, Wales, or Belgium will be in the final. Um, and you know maybe it's not crazy to think Portugal or, or Belgium, given the talent that that each has. But you know when when you think of of the you know, the, the strongest teams in this field, they were all on one half of the bracket and we knew that going in, um, you know, from the round of 16, but still even to see it now down to these four and to know that one 
will be playing in Paris for the championship is um is is pretty amazing. Um we've we've talked about France and, and Iceland. I, I want to talk about Germany Italy though, because that obviously is the headliner um here. Italy looked spectacular in, in dethroning Spain and beating the two time reigning champions. Um and Tranquilo on paper Italy's talent is not that you know it's not up to the the best that it's been. Um, but Antonio Conte really seems to be getting the most out of this team. They they look just fantastic, and I'm curious what you think of of what you've seen, um, you know, from them so far. Um, it's always uh, nice to watch them. Like maybe they don't play like the the cleanest soccer, but um, if you see how they work, like as a team, how they defend, that's always amazing. I mean, that's how they won. Like. 2006 uh, in Germany and how they beat Germany there in the semifinals um, because they are so hard to bre- break through and um, I still I think that Germany also has the talent to go through because they played really well so far um, also like they created a ton of chances at the, the last game so um, for sure they have uh, the quality but um, yeah Italy is doing doing great, and um, I like um, how they because like in the beginning of the Euros, nobody was talking about uh, Italy, and uh, they always there when it counts. So they are always ready at the tournaments, and that's really impressive. Yeah, and and Ben, this is definitely shaping up like the classic, um, you know, quarterfinal game that we all wish was a final at this point. I mean, Germany. Uh, in its in its last game against Slovakia was was immense. Um, you know, Slovakia never looked like it it had a shot. And okay, fine, it's it's not the strongest opponent out there, but the way that Germany played um, really really opened some eyes. And I think for the first time in this tournament, made it made us all you know remember about the the World Cup winning team. I mean, this was a dominant performance. Um, it, it, how do you see this matchup breaking out? Well, I agree with you about Germany, Avi. I mean, it, it was dominant and you say that, you know, it was expected and yet not every favourite in the round of 16 had things going their own way. I mean, look at Ireland, France. Ireland were ahead at half time. I mentioned Hungary having chances against Belgium, even though that ended up as a rout. And of course, Iceland um, overturned England. So for Germany to do what they did to Slovakia does send some kind of message out. This team is coming together nicely. It started slowly, but it's building up ahead of steam. And Again, a solution has been found by the coach in dropping Mario Goetze and um, picking um, Julian Draxler, who I think has been excellent on the left. And I'm just chuckling to myself because Simon Cooper wrote an excellent piece this week and he, he said that it's clear that Mario Goetze has made a deal with someone that he would score the winning goal in a World Cup final but then have all his football powers taken away from him. I'm just wondering... Tranquilo, what would you have? Would you rather be a consistent footballer for the length of your career or would you take the glory of scoring the winner in a World Cup final and basically that be it? Because essentially that's what has happened to Goetze. Yeah, but I mean, it's, that's a really tough thing. I, if you have to, cho- to choose one of them, I mean, if you can score the winning goal, I mean, that's, that's amazing. And, uh, and he's still playing uh, or he for uh, one of the best team in the world for Bayern Munich and he has he was um, yeah he still played there so I mean it's not that he lost everything but I'm agree that uh, he since then he can't show 
all his qualities. And uh, but I mean, he's he's still uh, a young player, and uh, it happens sometimes that you have like a, a little struggle in your career. And uh, I hope for him because I like how him as a player. So I hope for him that he can find back to his uh, qualities and show all uh, the world uh, what he can do on a pitch. I agree. I think if he finds the right club to play for, and I'm surprised he didn't exactly. end up joining Liverpool, I think he can refine this this clear talent that he has. He is a good player, and I'm being slightly naughty by by suggesting he's lost all his powers. I think he'll get some back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, Tranquilo, I, w- I want to close. I want to get your... Uh, a prediction from you, I guess, of these final eight teams. Um, which are, are the two that you see most likely uh, to reach the final? It's it's hard. It's hard to say because we we saw a lot of uh, surprises um, in this tournament. So um, I don't like to bet on on teams now. I don't uh, trust my my instinct for with my money uh, so far. So. Um, <laughs> It's really hard, but I think um, the winner of um, uh, Italy-Germany will definitely, um, I think maybe one of them will win the, the trophy. Okay, I could, I could see that. I, I personally think that the winner of that will, will at least make the final. Um, I, don't, I don't see France being strong enough the way that things have played out so far uh, to compete with either of them. Ben, uh, ben what about you? Well, wouldn't we love to see an Iceland-Wales final or an Iceland-Portugal final Definitely. so Ronaldo <laughs> can be proved wrong with his comment after the Iceland game? What will they ever do in this tournament? But um, I, I agree with uh, Tranquilo. I think Germany will win the title and I think they'll beat Portugal in the final. And I'm only saying that because Portugal will probably be in the weakest of those four teams in the top half of the draw. And I'm working on the Roy Hodgson basis that um, things can only get better for them, but that doesn't doesn't always work as England proved. But I'm going for Germany, Portugal. Interesting. Um, I, uh, I I picked Belgium to win the whole thing when this tournament started. I don't necessarily feel great about it based on how they've looked on on the whole. But that said, I don't think their road could be any easier, um, you know, comparatively. So I think I, I'd see Belgium going through, and then whoever wins Germany, Italy, um, you know, making making the final as well. If I had to guess. Um, but hey, that's there's a reason they play the games, and and I'm excited to see what what comes from these quarterfinals. They begin on Thursday, uh, so got a, a couple of days of break of of no European soccer. Copa America's over. It's it's a little sad, but uh, but MLS is back in action. Tranquilo, thank you so much for for joining us. We look forward to seeing what you can do with the Philadelphia Union uh, the second half of the season, and and if it's anything like the team has done in the first half, it's going to be pretty special so thank you so much for joining us Ben thanks so much as well for uh, for your insight from uh, from the UK uh, tough times for England but it, it might get better <laughs> we'll, we'll see uh, again the quarterfinals begin on Thursday so we'll look forward to that and we'll be back with another episode Euro, six, Euro 2016 style excuse me of the Planet Football podcast uh, soon enough so thank you again for listening for our producer Alex Abnos I am Avi Creditor we'll talk to you next time about the Locked On Podcast Network, the number one daily sports podcast network. Locked On has a daily podcast on every NBA and NFL team, plus a growing lineup of college and MLB teams. 
you get a daily bite-sized podcast giving you the latest on your team from the local experts. Lakers fans, search Locked On Lakers. Cowboys fans, search Locked On Cowboys. Just search Locked On, your favorite team, on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, or tell your smart speaker to play podcast Locked On, your favorite team. Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.